All right, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to Sunday School Bonanza, brought to you by This Week in Mormons. This week, we are bringing you Lesson Thirty Seven. We thank the O oh God for a prophet. Really great content. I'm, I'm excited for this lesson, especially as we're leading into general conference here. I think there's a lot of good stuff. But before we get to that, I would like to introduce my host. His name is Kurt Frankum. No, 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 no. That is Kurt. That is a. Uh, that's, that's my your theme name. song. That's your that's your name sung to the tune of Moon River. So I, yeah, I'm writing a a screenplay about my life that'll be a musical, and that'll be the opening number. Yeah, just rip off Moon River. It's perfect. What more <laughs> do you need? Uh, anyways, Kurt Frankum is here from Leading LDS. We're very happy to have you. I love to be back. I can't believe I'm on my third broadcast here of Sunday School Bonanza. It's an well, honor. Well, you're a winner. Well, we'll try to the be. Bishop. This man is the only standing judge in Israel who will have anything to do with the This Week in Mormons family. So we're, it's, it's very exciting for all of us. We're really pumped about it. I'm not he sure how he, I feel about that. He thinks I'm, well, I think it shows that you are wise and insightful. So, Just don't tell uh, my stake president I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a ban on This Week in Mormons from your stake, I'm sure. All right, so uh, going into this lesson here, great story here from uh, Hubie Brown. Um, when he was co- before he was a general authority, he was an attorney or a barrister uh, in England, and uh, he tells this story about how it was right before World War II, and a colleague of his, I believe, a member of the House of Commons, actually, asked uh, Brother Brown to defend his faith in the way that he would in a court of law. So uh, I think I'll read some of this verbatim. It's great. So he said, "I began by asking, may I proceed, sir, on the assumption that you are a Christian? I am." I assume that you believe in the Bible, the Old and New Testaments. I do. Then the English gentleman said that he believed the biblical accounts of the Lord speaking to prophets. However, he maintained that such communication had stopped soon after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we hear that a lot. So Brother Brown said, why do you think it stopped? He says, I can't say. Then he said, you think that God hasn't spoken since then? They said, not to my knowledge. And then I love where Brother Brown goes with this. And he said, may I suggest some possible reasons why he has not spoken? Perhaps it is because he cannot. He has lost the power. And then the man said, of course, he, that, that would be blasphemous. Come on, come on. And then Brother Brown said, well, then, if you don't accept that, perhaps he doesn't speak to men because he doesn't love us anymore. He is no longer interested in the affairs of men. And then this, this man said, no, God loves all men. He is no respecter of persons. So then Brother Brown goes on to say, well, then the only other possible answer I see is that we don't need him. We've made such rapid strides in education and science that we don't need God anymore. Now, and then he said, and his voice trembled, this is the, uh, the member of, uh, of Parliament, said, Mr. Brown, there never was a time in the history of the world when the voice of God was needed as it is now. Perhaps you can tell me why he doesn't speak. And then Brother Brown proceeded to say that he does speak. He has spoken, but men need faith to hear him. Uh, I think this is a terrific story because one, it encapsulates the, the need for a prophet. Uh, for one, if you needed one when you were looking over the precipice of World War II, we still definitely need one even more so today. I feel like I see more and more just awfulness around me all the time. And then that, uh, of course, we we need pro- a prophet, but we don't we don't listen to him all the time. It's not that he's not there. It's just that man is so full of pride in himself that we, we choose to, to turn the other way and not really think about it. So... Yeah, you know this this uh, profile of prophet as it's titled by Hubie Brown. This is like a classic speech, and you can get it on like uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like speeches.byu.edu right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's worth a listen. And the best part about it, as you mentioned, is just 
it's from the standpoint of logic. And a lot of the times, you know, as it should be, we approach gospel doctrine from, you know, a spiritual standpoint and mm-hmm. inspiration, as it should. But talking to somebody in the secular world, this is a really good, entertaining, um, especially when you hear him speak it from his own voice. It's really, really entertaining. I need to hear it from his own voice. I love, Hubie Brown was just a, a firebrand, <coughs> man. I love him. He was great. But let me ask you this, Kurt. Um, we, we highlighted on it, but why do we need a living prophet? Well, I mean, if I, I were go, to ask you that, why do we need a prophet? You know, I go back to the uh, the purpose of the lesson as it's stated in the manual is to help the class members recognize the need for a living prophet, understand his role, and more faithfully obey him. And really that comes down to that whether uh, people recognize that they need a prophet or um, they understand his roles. And recognizing is really the first step and, uh, you know, gives uh, a few things here. Um our need for a living prophet, uh, President Benson said, the most important prophet so far as we are concerned is the one who is living in our day and age. Yeah. It's the prophet who has, to, who has today's instructions for God to us today. And uh, we, you know, we have the scriptures and, and they're great and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of inspiration and, and uh, reference we can get from that. But in a changing world, when we do a, deal with new temptations, I don't know if new temptation is the right word, but just a new uh, package form of temptations. There we, go. We, need a, we need a prophet to, uh, you know, break them down for us and guide us and give us some insight that is directly from our Father in Heaven in order to succeed. So, Exactly. And there's so much we can learn from this. So I think what we should do right now is maybe dissect some of the, the roles of a living prophet. And just uh, before we do that, I would love to maybe just go through a quick list of the prophets we've had so far on this day. I want to. Be, I believe we're on number 16 with President Monson. Um, but just so everyone knows, sometimes we don't even know our own church history well enough to name the prophets in order, which I think is something as Latter-day Saints... It's just a good thing. Want to sing the song, Jeff? Should we sing the song? Is there a song to know all the prophets? Is this a primary (laughs) song? Oh, there is. Because I'm in primary and I I don't even know it if it's a primary song. Well, now you have your homework for this week. I guess I do. So (laughs) So, go ahead, Kurt. Sing us the song then. I was just Uh, going to name it. You know, I'm just coming over a cold now. Yeah, okay. All right. Probably shouldn't. So we've got Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, incidentally the only non-American president of the church, Wilford Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow, Joseph F. Smith, who I believe was Hiram's son, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Heber J. Grant, George Albert Smith, David O. McKay, Joseph Fielding Smith, who served for a very short period of time, and Harold B. Lee was a very short period of time. The 70s were kind of a tough time at first. Spencer W. Kimball, Ezra Taft Benson, Howard W. Hunter, Gordon B. Hinckley, and today we have Thomas S. Monson. Now, these men have done uh, wonderful things. One of the first things they do is they, they speak for the Lord, they reveal the Lord's will. It's a very straightforward thing that we say, and there are lots of scriptures that are cited here. Doctrine and Covenants 138 is a classic. Uh, for, section 43 has got some good stuff. But um, sometimes I think we need to ask ourselves how seriously we take that. To really say they're speaking the Lord's will. And I remember a quote, I believe it, it is it also from President uh, Benson, that list of you know that list of things for the modern day prophet. You know what I'm talking about, Kurt? It's the same um, one that says like the living prophet is more important, for lack of a better term, than... Uh, a deceased prophet, for example. Oh, right. Yeah, the one it's I this, just referenced there. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, it's this laundry list. And one of them even says that just because the prophet doesn't say, thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean it is not revelation or not counsel for us to follow. Right. Uh, which is because how often do we hear that? President Monson does not get up there and say, brothers and sisters, 
and gives us counsel and said, this was revealed to me, so do it. No, he just gives us the counsel, and we need to trust that as a prophet, he is speaking and giving us the Lord's will uh, within that context. You know, um, in line with that, <clears throat> I have a, uh, I'll, I'll reference this quote in a minute, but it says, uh, let me see, this is uh, President Clark um, back in the day. He says, to this point runs a simple story my father told me as a boy. I do not know on what authority, but it illustrates the point. His story was that during the excitement incited in the coming of Johnston's army, Brother Brigham mm. preached to the people in the morning meeting a sermon vibrant with defiance to the approaching army and declaring an intention to oppose and drive them back. In the afternoon meeting, he arose and said that Brigham Young had been talking in the morning, but the Lord was going to talk now. He then delivered an address, the temple of which was the opposite from the morning talk. And so I, I like that story, just kind of Brigham Young humble enough to say, you know what, I probably got carried away this morning. That was Brigham yeah. Young talking and not the prophet. But I, I, was, I, was in a, I was in a meeting once. Of course, it's not the president of the church, but since we ordain all 15 of them as prophets, seers, and revelators, uh, I was in a meeting once, uh, just a stake meeting with Elder Holland. And I don't think he was doing this for show. I would doubt that. It, it's, great theatric, <laughs> it's great theatrics if it is. But he got up and said, you know, I've had some prepared remarks, but the Spirit has prompted me to talk about other things. And he did like he had a whole talk, and he said, "You know what? Forget it." So, and he spoke about completely that. different subjects. And a lot of this was interesting because it related very directly to uh, my my stake had had some sort of freak, untimely deaths uh, of some stake members. We're talking like a like a botched surgery and a car accident, a lot of stuff that kind of came in succession. And he spent most of his remarks speaking on 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 loss and a lot of stuff like that. It was very interesting. So, wow. So yeah, they can be moved in any way. Uh, to definitely uh, teach the Lord's will. Tell us about the prophet being a seer, though, Kurt. We were talking about that before. Yeah, you know, this is a, a doctrine I really love and appreciate just because I think this is where a lot of the faith comes in into having a prophet. Um, you know, we know he presides, we know he testifies of Christ and so forth, but uh, being a seer, um, mm -hmm. and let's see, it says... Uh, you know, ask the question in the manual, what is a seer? And it says, a seer is a prophet upon whom God bestows great power to know the past and the future. And I don't know, I, I you know, typically the Lord's ways aren't our ways. And I, I would anticipate, you know, there's no like uh, magic mirror or, uh, you know, that they're seeing into the future very detailed like that. Right. But nonetheless, it's something we need to remind ourselves when, when something kind of weird happens. And even in the past, in the church history, you'll find a lot of mistakes the prophets made. I think I mentioned this on another sure. uh, yeah. Sunday yeah, School Bonanza. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, like, you think of the, uh, you know, Joseph Smith's banking history. I mean, that didn't go very well. And right. uh, you can even go back to a modern, you know, the whole Prop 8 movement where the church got involved there, where we kind of stand back, and I think the church even stands back and thinks, hmm, that maybe wasn't the best PR move, or that just didn't work out how we maybe had thought. But nonetheless, I really think that through these men who are imperfect mortals, but they're inspired, comes a lot of perfect prophecy, even though they, it comes about an odd way. And so we need to continue to remind ourselves that these are seers. They mm -hmm. do understand what's coming. And, and a lot of times they'll they'll say things or do things that's just like, I don't get it. What's what's up with that? Exactly. And down the road, it could be a decade. I mean, you look in, in uh, 1995 when President Hinckley came out with a family proclamation to the world. Like, obviously... It was appropriate then, but now 
I think it has a more prominent message to the world, you know, many, many years later. And so. it's amazing how human they are. I recently read a book about David O. McKay. It's not an officially authorized one by the church, but it's from his diaries and from his journals. And you see that all these great men are still men and they make mistakes and, and they even have egos and they have desires yeah. and they're men, you know, they're human beings. And so it's a great reminder of that. I think all too often we easily get wrapped up in the notion that because someone is a prophet, it means they are perfect. I think, yes, we should strive to live our lives in the way that they do, because I would argue that President Monson probably has his act together better than I do. I think I can make that assumption. Safe call there. Yeah. But to remember, they're still humans and they're fallible. Uh, Now, the other things I want to go through is we talked about a seer. Real quick, we always say prophet, seer, and revelator. This isn't really in in the lesson, but I think it's a good thing to note. So... From what I've found, the best way to break it up is a prophet is a teacher, and a teacher must know what, what must learn before he can teach. So he, he receives revelations, but he's a teacher. That's what he does. He's a teacher. A seer is someone who sees with spiritual eyes. You can interpret things. You can understand the times before us. And a revelator, of course, makes known uh, with the Lord's help something that was previously unknown. And as Kurt said, uh, sometimes they, may, they might make things known that we don't understand. And we say, why the heck are they bringing this up? Why are they telling us to do this? And then it's not until years, decades later that somehow it, it makes sense. And I think a lot of that just comes into having the faith to heed the words of a living prophet, which isn't always, how easy is it to, uh, to, you know, armchair quarterback the whole thing and assume that we know better <laughs> and assume, no, 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 this doesn't matter. I don't need to worry about this, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's very important to uh, heed the words of a living prophet. Like it says in, uh, what is it, Doctrine and Covenants uh, 21? That's the one, right? Four through six? This is a, mm-hmm. it's yep. a cited scripture. Do you have that with you, Kurt? Oh, boy. It's okay. I don't I'll, have it up. I can read Okay, it. go ahead. <laughs> Wherefore, meaning the church, thou shalt give heed unto all his words, the prophet, and commandments, which he shall give unto you as he receiveth them, walking in all holiness before me. Now, notice that. He does say... He, Follow his words that he shall give unto you as he receiveth them, walking in all holiness. There's a caveat there that the prophet, of course, has to be worthy to receive the revelation and to lead us. Now, for his word ye shall receive, as if from mine own mouth, and all patience and faith. For by doing these things the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Yea, and the Lord God will disperse the powers of darkness from before you and cause the heavens to shake for your good and his name's glory. So just follow the prophet, people. Just do it. Amen. You know, my uh, my uh, mission president gave me good advice. Uh, well, in general, he gave it to everybody that the, really the first step to apostasy is when you uh, when you second guess your your leader, um, because that's kind of that's when it unravels, really. Yeah, it's absolutely true. There's a great story here from Bruce D. Porter. Uh, I imagine some of you have heard it before. To I'll kind of the synopsis of it, I believe that uh, Bruce D. Porter was in grad school or something like that up in Boston, and uh, he and his wife were visiting a family who were converts of about two years. And he was concerned about uh, how, about just how they would do being converts. So he accepted the calling to be their home teacher. And they arrived at their apartment to teach them. You know, he was kind of expecting he'd have to look after them as we often do. Like, oh, let's, let's take this fragile new convert, make sure yeah. they're doing fine. But then he realized after their lesson and they went, he went back to their porch and they had buckets full of food stores, all these things put together. And he sat there and thought, wait a minute, I'm a grad student living in an apartment with my wife. I haven't, I don't need to do food storage. I mean, the prophet said that, but I don't need to do it. And he was taught a very powerful lesson right there with, with, uh, you know, newer converts who just understood to follow the prophet and made it happen regardless of their circumstances. And I think that's a, 
a pretty cool lesson, I think. And he also saw that they had pictures of the temple in their apartment. He didn't have one. So I love that he was taught a great lesson in humility and in the power of just following prophetic counsel. Yeah, great story. Yeah. So that's kind of it for this lesson. We're running a bit long on it anyway. Um, lots of Latter-day examples of prophetic lo- of Christ-like love from prophets. I don't even know if I could single a, you know one out. I don't know if you have one, in, Kurt, that you want to share. All I got to say is, if you're teaching this lesson, don't forget to bust out the Watchmen on the Tower video, classic seminary yeah. video. Yeah, I saw that up there. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning it too. I was going to make fun of uh, not make. I mean, I was going to mention it. <laughs> No, it's a good seminary video. You should all it watch is. it. They really have gotten a lot better with that, by the way, listeners. Yeah. That's why we linked the lesson from our website at thisweekinmormons.com. When we link to it, we'll link to the lesson, and they've gotten much better at including multimedia in the right sidebar uh, that you can use in your lesson. It makes it just even easier to find something that might be of use to you as you teach if you're a teacher. So we definitely encourage you to check that out and make the most of it. Um, so, uh, folks, go to thisweekinmormons.com. Find us at Facebook.com slash This Week in Mormons, Twitter.com slash The Real Twim, YouTube, we're there. You might be watching us right now. Um, uh, find us on Stitcher Radio, and of course, send us an email, contact at ThisWeekInMormons.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Kurt, you wonderful man. Thank you for joining us this week. I need I need a shameless plug, LeadingLDS.com. There yeah. you go. Boom. People are still going to watch the talk. Go to LeadingLDS.com. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Kurt does great That's things right. there, all about just leadership within the church. And it's a solid website, and I actually, I genuinely look at it and encourage you to be a part of it and be a good thing for you. So there you go, Kurt. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, this has been Sunday School Bonanza. Once again, lesson number 37 from the Doctrine and Covenants Manual. We thank thee, O God, for a prophet. Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Wishing you a happy Sabbath. Bye-bye.